You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. A long, long time ago, in the first two weeks of this podcast's existence, in fact, we asked a question. What's wrong with baseball? If you care about the sport, you know why we asked it then. Ratings were dropping, attendance was low, games were taking forever, and worse, they were becoming more boring. The sport lacked diversity, it struggled to convert new fans, it was just old, possibly a sport on its way out. We are bringing back that episode featuring the great Stephen Brunt for you this evening. First, because not many of you have heard it, this is one of the first 10 episodes of this show. We didn't have a lot of listeners back then. But second, because this year, for the first time in eons, baseball has tried to fix itself, to make the game faster, more exciting, more relevant to a new generation of fans. Changing itself is not something this sport does easily, and when the season opens Thursday, the game will look nothing like it has in recent years. So today, enjoy this throwback episode on what's wrong with baseball. And tomorrow, we'll talk about if this or anything else can actually fix it. Tomorrow is July 4th, and you know what that means. Down south, it's barbecue, beer, fireworks, hot dogs, mom's apple pie, and baseball. Or maybe not baseball. Because something's happening to one of the biggest sports on the planet. This is the first full week of July, and across North America, beautiful ballparks are filled with the sound of silence. Or maybe more accurately, the sound of strikeouts. Unless you're a seriously devoted fan of the game, you know that baseball can sometimes be a little boring, and that the games can get long. But now they are longer than ever. And despite all that extra time, there's even less action happening on the field. So the fans are voting with their feet. Is this just a case of a fast-paced world passing an old game by? Or is there something else going on here? It's July 3rd. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, and this is The Big Story. It's cozy and traditional, so people easily, it's easy to be nostalgic about baseball. Because, again, it's got a 150-year history, and it's been essentially the same. Stephen Brunt is the co-host of Primetime Sports on radio networks across the country. He's a co-host of The Lead, a podcast on the intersection of sports and culture, a writer for Sportsnet, and basically Canada's sports thinker-in-chief. Stephen, Blue Jays and your assigned stories notwithstanding, how, yes, much, baseball, how much baseball are you watching these days? Oh, uh, well, I, I love baseball, so I, I, I watch a lot of baseball. I watch more baseball than anything else. Watch it live, watch it on TV, listen to it on radio. You know, I consume baseball. That right. doesn't that doesn't mean I'm sitting in a park, though. How in touch are you with the game that's going on in front of you? Because to me, it's kind of a passive thing. Yeah, but that's always been true, right? Baseball, you have to fill in the blanks to watch baseball. It's a different viewing experience than any other sport, and uh, it's not for everybody. Uh, but if because if you don't engage, it's it's meaningless, right? It, it it's not it doesn't come at you. It happens and fits and starts, and then there's great gaps when nothing happens. Where and, and if you don't engage, it's why people score baseball games. Some people do. You know why you why you have a why you sit there and fill that out because it's a way of engaging with the game. It is yeah, it's not a passive entertainment. Whereas you can go watch a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game, and it kind of just happens in front of you, and and you react to it w- with without 
participating in a baseball game, it's, you know, you're sitting in the sunshine maybe and it's fine, eat a hot dog, drink a beer, but it's not very interesting. I think there are two things going on here. There are two separate things. One is baseball specific, which is, you know, how the game is being played now versus how it was being played 10 years ago. Some of the disconnects between baseball and certain population segments, you know, especially African-Americans, you know, that they have kind of lost that audience. and They've lost those athletes. Uh, you know, it's still a, a, a vibrant game internationally, but baseball has, you know, and the, and the three-hour game and, and that it, that the necessity of participating as a spectator, whether that kind of jibes with the culture. So that there's some baseball-specific stuff and a, and 162-game schedule, so 81 home games. Right. That's another one. There's a, a current in all of professional sports, and the people running leagues and running teams were talking about this 15 years ago, which is the big challenge is going to be getting people in the seats because there are more options. Many of those options involve staying home. Yep. You can watch a game better at home now than you ever could. You can interact with people while you're watching that game at home. They knew that it was going to be harder and harder and harder to get people in the stadium and to get them to spend money in the stadium. And that's become now you know, the reason you see the stadium, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Texas looking the way it does. The reason you hear Mark Shapiro here talking about we have to remake the Rogers Center to turn it into an experiential thing beyond baseball. Right. People want stuff to do. They want stuff to do. And you say, well, what about that? No, that thing, you can do that at home. So they, the people in the sports business have known, and, you, and we see empty seats in all sports now. There's empty seats in the NFL. There are lots of empty seats in the NBA. The NBA is in ascendance right now, but you can, you know, most places you can walk up and buy a ticket. There are hundreds and hundreds of empty seats. That's just, that's going to be a reality uh, in, in all sports that to get people out of their house into a stadium into an arena, you're going to have to give them something beyond the game itself. And I, and there's, and I don't think we're ever going to go back to the time when, you know, you can't get a seat, uh, except for special events and, and very specific situations where there are kind of, there are shortages. So that's, that's happening everywhere. Baseball is being affected by that. It's more affected by it than other sports because of the enormous inventory and the big stadiums. So if you've got 81 games a year to sell in a 40,000 seat stadium, that's a hell of a lot of tickets. A lot of tickets. Uh, and then there's the issues with the game. I think what we're seeing is the baseball being affected because of all those other factors by this thing that's happening in all sport more than other sports are. And then a part of it is about, man, you know, uh, the, the game is slow. It's, uh, it's been slow for 150 years. I want to ask you about the cultural relevancy of baseball. Baseball is America's pastime, as American as apple pie. What's its place in America right now? Well, it's not that. You know, the NFL became that a long time ago, and it became kind of the secular religion. And baseball, you know, it's got kind of a, a, a it, it's a, it's cozy and traditional. So people and this and people can easily it's easy to be nostalgic about baseball because again, it's got a hundred and fifty year history and it's been essentially the same. Uh, but it's not. You know, it's it hasn't been kind of on the cultural front burner for I don't know when. That, that, I'm not sure what I'd have to go back to. Uh, you got a player like Mike Trout playing right now in California, who's maybe the best ball player of all time. And he got it! Oh my! Are you serious? One down. <laughs> that might be one of the most amazing plays 
you will ever see at a baseball game. Mike Trout could walk down the street pretty much anywhere in America. No one would know who he was. Is part of that because baseball and baseball players in general seem so devoutly apolitical? Like, the only thing I know about Mike Trout off the field is that he's a fan of the weather forecast. So, Trout, has this one delivered to your expectations? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously there's a, lot, a little bit more to go. Um, I can't complain, man. That's all yeah. I got for is, you know, 12 inches of snow. And it's, uh, it's keep piling up right now, and we're going to go out and play in it soon. It's, uh, you know, I love it. I love the weather. It's, it, this is awesome. <laughs> well, he may be an extreme, right? Right, um, but I haven't seen a lot of guys. Like, if you look at the NFL and NBA right now, there's there's a vibrant yes. uh, cultural social justice uh, movement. Yeah. Or even a backlash to it. But, you know, a lot of that is driven by either African-American athletes or issues um, where the folk, that, are, that are, are central to African-Americans, right. right? A lot of what we're going back to is Black Lives Matter and, and the things that spun out from that and the, you know, Trump, et cetera, et cetera. That you do not have in baseball because, you know, baseball lost African-Americans. They lost them as participants and they lost them as spectators. How did that happen? Well, baseball was perceived to be unfriendly, you know, to African-Americans. It integrated very late. You know, never mind Jackie Robinson, the, you know, the Boston Red Sox didn't have a black player until, what, 1959? You know, and if you were in a black fan at Fenway was still in hostile territory, probably still is. Mm-hmm. You know, so look at the stands. You know, there are places where you see mixed crowds. Baltimore's one, you know, but Los Angeles certainly in, with the Dodgers. But, you know, I guess it's the flip side of the nostalgia that, you know, baseball also was a... A, a, a glimpse into the world of baseball was like glimpsing a, into the world of everything else 50 years ago. Uh, you know, I think the the path to being a professional baseball player is longer than the path to being a professional basketball player or football player. Often, you know, didn't come accompanied with a, you know, there are certainly college players who do it, but that notion that, you know, it was a ticket to a scholarship and there that was a ticket to being a pro. So it's a more, more circuitous route. You know, I think the best thing it has going for it right now in some ways uh, next to football is that it's relatively safe. Right. So, you're, you know, you're less likely to get your brain scrambled than you are playing football. But you need to see yourself on the field to be inspired to want to be that guy. And I, I think diminishing African-American participation resulted in diminishing African-American fan interest, which resulted in further diminishing American, African-American participation and again, you look at the rosters of teams, you know, look at the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, you can count on one hand, you know, maybe half a hand, the number of African-Americans on there. You know, Curtis Granderson's on that team. Devin Travis is on that team. You're not going to get much further. Yeah. Marcus you know, Stroman, I guess. Yeah. It's, and, you know, and, and again, it. the, 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 it's still super vibrant in the Caribbean. It, uh, it's still very important in Asia, um, at least in Japan and Korea. It, it has roots in Australia, weirdly enough. There are parts of Europe where you see baseball diamonds, you know, in Holland, for instance. You know, it's so you can have a world baseball classic and it's reasonably, rep- it's at least as representative as the Hockey World Cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, in, this, in the States, it's kind of, it's off the boil. There's no, there's no question. And it, and it feels almost like a, a remnant, you know, a, a remnant of another time. Which is with the political movement in America right now, you would think would be more attractive to a certain crowd that harkens back to, you know, 50 years ago. You paint a picture of a, of a sport that lost African-Americans due to declining participation mm-hmm. and then declining fandom, a uh, sport that is really tough to watch for young people who are preoccupied with the many, many things they could Although, be doing see, everywhere. No, but that's, that's an interesting one, though, because, look, people were kind of 
you know, predicting the death of baseball 30 years ago because kids won't watch it because it's not fast enough. Right. But there's a conversation around and in baseball that appeals to people of a certain, you know, it, it actually kind of jimes with the way we interact with the, with the, uh, communication technology. There's, you know, there are a lot of hip, young, smart baseball people out there. Yeah. So, you know, who, you know, are not there for the three minute pop song, right? Like it's like, like, look, soccer is a kind of a, you know, an oddball game too. You know, there's not a lot of scoring. It kind of meanders a lot of the time. There's not always a resolution. You can have a scoreless draw, but lots of young people like soccer. Yeah. You know, they play FIFA video games and they, and they, and they like it. So it's not just about, I think we, we were wrong at a certain point when we saw the NBA were the first league to kind of go all bells and whistles and explosions and noise and you're not going to leave you alone for one second when you're in the arena. You're going to have sensory overload. I, I think there's still, I think baseball does still engage. And I, now again, maybe we're, it was very specific to Canada, this kind of flowering of the Blue Jays because of course they were, you know, they were, they were a national team. They were doing really well. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon. You know, I've spoken to and run into and been in the company of a lot of really smart, hip baseball folks in the last five years. So I don't think it's necessarily that it's antiquated. I'm not, I don't think that's maybe the issue. So when people say baseball is in trouble, you don't see it that way? Well, it's not, it's not, none of those things are good. Um, yeah. You know, baseball is, look, baseball for a long time in the United States has been a regional local proposition. So it's hard to compare the Milwaukee Brewers to the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's different, right? Yeah. The, you know, the, the, there, are, there are teams that, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers still are probably the most important team in Los Angeles mm-hmm. of any sport. And that's saying something, right? Huge market, lots of competition, college as well as pro. Uh, the New York Yankees are as important as any team in New York City. They're more important than the New York football giants. They're more important than the Rangers. They're more important than anybody. I'd say the same thing for the Red Sox. Even though the Patriots keep winning Super Bowls or getting the Super Bowls, the Red Sox are the biggest team there. It's not like everybody is listening to the World Series games in the afternoon on a transistor radio, you know, tucked away when they're in school. Like that, no one does that anymore. And if the World Series this year is not between a couple of those super teams, you know, I'm not sure it'll be of much interest to everybody. What does baseball look like 10 years from now? I suspect it's on a clock. You know, not a clock clock, but I suspect there's a pitch clock. Is it still nine innings? Yeah, I think it's probably still nine innings. I think they're probably still playing 162, Maybe, although maybe they go back to 154. I think it'll be, I think there'll be a team in Mexico City or somewhere like that. I think that, you know, there'll be more international expansion to take advantage of the fact that it's got legs in other places. You know, it's pretty hard to have a trans-Pacific, uh, yeah. you know, a road, road uh, trip, but uh, I think they will try and, yeah, they'll, they'll try and go to the places where people like baseball. I think it'll still be here. And I think probably it'll pretty much still look like it does. Uh, you know, where, you know, again, where it'll be in the culture. Yeah. Uh, again, it's hard to see it ever pushing past, you know, unless the NFL implodes. Always a possibility. All of a possibility <laughs> for a variety of reasons. If the NFL imploded, then something had to take its place. It's never going to be, you know, it's never, we're not, it's not, Mickey Mantle's not coming back, right? You're not going to have, or Joe DiMaggio. You're not going to have those kind of, you know, where, where the, the most famous athlete in America, Babe Ruth, where the most famous athlete in America is a ball player. That's never going to happen again. Thanks for listening to this classic episode. I'm so glad we could bring it back. Listening brings back a lot of memories, mostly about how fast I talked 
and how bad I sounded, but it's fun after all these years to give you folks a taste of that. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk about baseball and if we can fix it tomorrow.